Well, welcome back, everyone, to 101 Questions That Church Planters Ask. I'm your host, Danny Parmley, and today we have with us Josh Lassiter. Uh, and uh, Josh is a commu- was a community banker, and so he is going to help us answer the question, when to set up, how to set up, what to look for when setting up a church bank account. Josh, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Danny. All right. Well, tell me a little bit. Give me just a snippet of your banking background, but also I'd love to hear uh, what you're doing nowadays. All right. Uh, so, well, Danny, I've been banking since I was 15 when my mom opened the account for me. Um, but as a, a career, I banked. I was a banker, community banker for a year and a half. Um, I worked at two different banks, um, Simmons Bank at first, which is a, as a bigger bank across a couple different states. Um, I wasn't there very long because it was a long commute and I wasn't the biggest fan of that bank. And then I moved to immediately moved to Wilson Bank and Trust, which is a community bank based out of Lebanon, Tennessee. Um, And I worked very close to home, so it was a lot nicer. Um, But now um, I've left the banking world and I am working on staff at a new church plant. We, uh, We launched in October. Uh, it's called Renovation Church. It's 30 minutes north of Nashville in Gallatin, Tennessee. Um, and it's it's been awesome. You know, I've, I've wanted to work in church uh, since I was in high school. And it's just crazy how God's uh, paved the way for me. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to obviously let you have a lot of uh, time on uh, on the show here today. But the one thing I wanted to start out, kind of my biggest advice that I have uh, for people uh, or for church planners as they are starting is do not do your personal banking at the same place. And I know we've had discussion about this mm-hmm. before, and maybe there's a couple different mm-hmm. schools of thought, though my school of thought is the right one here. Um, but from personal experience, what happened, two main reasons. Uh, the first is that when you go and open up a bank account, it is tied to your personal social security number. You have to give them that and your EIN, which we talk about in a different episode but you need both of those. The problem is, is that with some of the banking software, they link them up and there's mistakes that happen. And this happened to us uh, definitely through Wells Fargo. It was a nightmare. It was a pain uh, to um, uh, to be able to kind of unlink those. Uh, the second thing is, is just perception. You just want to do everything you can to avoid the perception of your personal money mixing with church money. And many people have just a negative view of the church. So if there's all of a sudden this thought that the pastor's kind of, you know, dipping in or borrowing or the same login, because that's what it was for Wells Fargo, literally I would I would pull up my um, personal account and there would be the Wells uh, or the church bank account within that profile. Could be pretty tempting for some church planners to make a little, you know, a little loan <clears throat> when, when things are a little bit tight and be moving money back and forth. So to just Avoid all of that. My biggest suggestion, even if it's a little bit inconvenient, you got to drive to a couple different places, do your business banking uh, somewhere different than your personal banking. So uh, here's how I'd love to kick it off. Um, once church planters know, um, and, and I'm assuming as soon as they can, uh, to, to open up a bank account, what type of bank should they be uh, looking for? Uh, well, so... I would highly recommend like a local, a smaller local bank. Um, as you've just said, the bigger banks um, tend to not have the best customer service. Um, and they, because they have so many customers, each customer's individual value to them 
is lower. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times those bigger banks put more value in sales than they do retention of customers um, because they know that it is difficult to change banks. Um, so they know that once you're hooked, you're kind of stuck there. Most people don't want to go through the effort of changing banks. Um, smaller local banks, um, for example, like Wilson Bank that I worked at, they're based out of Lebanon. So everyone in middle Tennessee, um, they know who they're working with. It's usually somebody who grew up there. The owner is somebody who grew up there. The CEO is someone who grew up there. Um, so it's, it's somebody who genuinely cares about the community. Um, and they don't outsource most, most local banks don't outsource like their, their call center. You know, if you call uh, customer service at Wilson bank, you're either going to get somebody at the local bank or somebody in Lebanon, Tennessee at their headquarters. Yeah. And that, and I, just to chime in there, that was definitely my experience. Again, um, I have no problem throwing Wells Fargo under the bus cause they created so much of a nightmare for us. Um, but every time we'd call a call center, I mean, it was someone who had no idea who I was, no idea of our situation, and it was really frustrating. And the same thing actually happened with Chase uh, as well. Um, you know, as we had some banking through Chase, same same type of situation mm -hmm. where they had, you know, mix the two, the social security, the EIN, and it just created kind of a kind of a whole thing. So you're saying a community bank. So so you have national big banks, you've got community banks. What about credit unions? So the I've never worked at a credit union, but from what I know about credit unions is that credit unions, the difference between a credit union and a bank is that a bank is federally insured by the FDIC. Um, so for instance, say, uh, say the bank goes under, which has happened in the past many times, um, especially the great depression that was literally caused by the banks going under and the FDIC didn't exist back then. Um, so if a bank goes under your money, is gone. <laughs> it's gone. Like it because banks don't just hold your money. It's not like the old West where your money is held in these like burlap sacks that have dollar signs on them. Uh, it's it's practically digital nowadays. Your money is almost completely not paperless. It's digital, and they spend it. They right. <laughs> spend your money. So if they go bankrupt, yeah. your money is gone. Yeah. But most banks, if not all banks are insured by the FDIC up to $250,000. Yeah. So which is which is pretty much the max for most right. church plants. There if you have more than that in your uh in your in your checking account then maybe we, we should talk. I've got some I've got some church planners that you can donate to. So Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, you can donate to me. I can send yeah. you my link for my uh, <laughs> my support. Yeah, for your support raising fund that'd be great. Um, okay, so um, and I agree with that, and I, I love credit unions. I, I you know, I, I personally have an account at a credit union, but as far as a business account, kind of that middle of the road, maybe avoiding some of the big ones. Mm -hmm. uh, hit that community bank uh, type uh, style where it's like someone's going to know you, but they're also large enough that they're going to have some of those different uh, products and incentives. What are some of those uh, products or incentives? that church planters should just go in asking about right away to kind of know, because it is different than your personal account. Right. Um, so I would highly recommend, first of all, especially if you're a pioneer, like you were Danny, uh, planting somewhere you don't, you're not from, you know, you're going to a new area. I would highly recommend asking around like knowledge is power. 
asking people on, on your team, ask people just in the community. I mean, you're a pastor. You're, you should be good at talking to people, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so ask as many people as you can find about their bank and ask, like, I would recommend, you know, not to, to be, you know, judgmental of ages or to not to be an ageist, but I would totally recommend um, asking younger people, what is their app like? What is their online banking, like mobile phone, you know, on your phone? What's the app like? Um, is it easy to use? Does it have, you know, lots of tools and things on it? I would ask about that. That's very important. And then I would highly recommend asking the more like the older people um, that you find how their customer service is. Those are the two most important things, in my opinion, that you can ask people. And I can guarantee you that the younger people will never step foot in the bank and have to work with the customer service is like. And I can tell you that the older people will never use the app and always they will go to whichever bank treats them nicest. Uh, so I would ask them both of those things. So that's, that's first and foremost when you're, you know, I love the stereotypes. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get some uh, hate mail, some hate emails. You can send those directly to Josh uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe support, support him at a support account on the way there. So, but no, I, I think that that is excellent uh, advice asking around and that technology part is really important because as mm -hmm. a church planter, um, you are going to be working with a team. You probably don't even, you may not have an office yet. So there's not one place where money is handled or the finances are handled and everything's digital. Multiple people need to see it, especially if you have a, a board that is outside of the church. You have a mm -hmm. governing board of maybe uh, pastors or network leaders. They need to be able to have access. So how how you kind of control access of that, that's, uh, that's excellent. All right, what other... What other things uh, in the account, the incentives, are things that they should be asking about? Um, since it is a business, um, hopefully you get a staff soon and you have to pay people, right? Yeah. Um, so I would ask about their uh, payroll system. Um, like Wilson Bank had a system called Paychecks. Um, and you just ask how easy it is to use, how you know consistent it is. Um, how much does it cost? Because a lot of banks, uh, there's fees to, to use the payroll system. Um, fees is a big thing because that's, that's a big way that banks make their money. And that's another reason why I recommend local is because more community banks are less likely to have like these crazy hidden fees. Um, because I, you know, I would hear horror stories of people who, you know, didn't even realize that their account was still open yeah. and they had like $400 of in debt at yeah. a bank and they can't open an account anywhere else because this bank, like it's on their record that they have a, you know, they're in the hole that much. At a <laughs> Wells Fargo, excuse me, yeah. sorry, little allergies there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bank of America and like all those big banks are, are very like fee oriented. Um, and they, like I said, they don't really care that much about the customer <laughs> that just, they just want to make their money. Um, so, so specifically yeah. with the fees too, because I mean, there are going to be fees at mm -hmm. banks. I mean, they have to have some way right. to uh, make their money. Um, what are those fees usually, and especially with a business bank in comparison to, um, you know, your personal finances? Right. So, um, when you are looking at accounts and you're, you know, gaining knowledge, I would highly recommend, like I said, shopping around. Look at the minimum balance, average balance required to avoid maintenance fees. So, like for example, 
the two business checking accounts at Wilson, it was like $3,000 minimum average balance um, to avoid like a $10 fee or a $2,000 minimum average balance to avoid a $12 fee. Um, so I would talking about when should you open your account? I would probably wait until you knew you had whatever that minimum average balance is because you don't want to be putting money into a business account and then be like charged, you know, 10. And that's, that's on the low end of the scale, like the scale yeah. for fees. Like, um, so you don't, you don't want to be losing money. You want to be, you know, you want to have an account with the highest interest and you want to be making money. Um, but kind of on that same, you know, scale, I want, I would highly recommend your first year or so until you understand what your finances are going to look like not necessarily going for the account with the highest interest, but going for the account with the lowest fees. Um, that's, that's, that's quotable. We got to tweet that one. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, lowest fees, not highest interest rate because people can be thinking, Oh yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and, and interest rates are so low anyways, it is probably like pennies. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly negligible unless you've got, like we said, $250,000. Yeah, I mean, 1% is a huge amount of money. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend, especially that first year, um, to look for low fees instead of high interest because um, you don't know what your money situation is going to be like. And um, you know, if say you say you drop below that two thousand or three thousand dollar minimum, you know, a couple times, or you don't have a a uh, administrator yet on your staff who's in charge of all your finances. Um, and you know, isn't keeping a close enough watch on it and you drop below a couple, you know, a month here, a month there, a month here, you are not going to be making more in interest right. than you are paying back in fees. I mean, one, even if, even on the low end of the spectrum, the $10 fee, you're not going to make $10 usually interest, right. in interest. Uh, so I would definitely look for the least amount of fees. And I would ask when you go in to open an account, like, Hey, that most of them have a chart of all the fees. Fees. Okay. And I would, I would highly recommend looking at that. Um, kind of on a separate, talking about the app, mobile deposits are huge, especially I feel like for people who are mobile, you know, they don't have an office, they don't have a place to keep, you know, like uh, they don't have a desk or anything like that. And being able to, to mobily deposit a check can be really big because you don't have to go to the bank. Um, and, and in today's, you know, with coronavirus and stuff like that, nobody wants to go to a bank, right? You want to, you want to be able to deposit those checks mobily. So that's something that personal accounts usually have an unlimited amount. And most banks have mobile deposit business accounts sometimes have a limit on mobile deposits. So that's something you want to ask about how many mobile deposits can I make a month? Yeah, um, that's great. And, and, um, uh, Obviously, like when I'm thinking about it personally, you know, you're snapping the picture and, and maybe we'll have a whole episode kind of dedicated to this. But uh, I, I, are there specific fees when you're capturing a lot of those? And I'm sure there's, you know, the, the specific software, or the specific uh, check scanners uh, to be able to do, you know, that someone's not just taking pictures with their with their camera, but they're, you know, sending them through some sort of scanner to do that. Are there fees usually associated with the amount? Uh, of that, so are you okay? You can do a hundred deposits a month, or you can do a hundred checks, or something like that. Yeah. So there are. So mobile deposit is different than remote deposit. 
So okay. mobile deposit, you're able to go on the app and just take a picture of it with your phone. Okay. And those are what I'm talking about are usually free to the to like regular accounts, but business accounts usually have a set amount per like week or month that they can do. And then if you do more than that, they start to charge you. Okay. Remote deposit is and and the the terminology may be different at different banks, but I I think it's pretty universal. The but remote deposit is when you have um, the same scanners that they have at mm. each branch um, to run checks through, and it sends like a front and back copy to the bank, and they they're able to deposit that way. Uh, I know Wilson Bank had that, and I'm pretty sure Simmons had it. Um, most banks, I think nowadays, have some sort of system. Merchant, yeah. they call it like merchant um, sales or something like that, yeah. and. Yeah. And, and just from a convenience sake, um, the ability to do that. And again, this is where that medium-sized bank is probably great because there might be some smaller ones or maybe credit unions that don't have that option, maybe more restrictions on the bigger ones. But no matter what, where you're looking, ask if they do have that because especially as you start going 50, 100, 200 people, um, yeah, you're you're not going to want to be sitting there taking snapping photos um, uh, to be able to do that. So, right. Yeah. So like early on, the mobile deposit is probably all you're going to need. Um, but yeah, like you said, if you you know if you grow to a thousand people or something, and like even if even if like ten percent of them are doing checks, you're probably going right. to want to have the scanner to run the, the checks. Right. And that that also in in merchant services, um, another big deal is they usually will sell you or rent you one of those card readers um, so that you're able to take, say you've got merchandise, which I would highly recommend all church planners to have <laughs> merchandise because um, that's the best marketing ever. Um, and <laughs> there you go. Look at that. You've got some, you've got some church merch on right now. Yeah, I got my church merch. Um, and so they, they'll give you those scanners. So I would ask about the remote deposits, the mobile deposits and the ability uh, paychecks. And then the ability to get the scanners that directly like connect with the bank. And I know, and I would ask what cards, like if they accept all bank, you know, debit cards, if they accept all credit cards. um, Yeah. Cause discover and American express a lot of times are excluded from those because the fees are a little bit, a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. So um, Josh, any final kind of just words, uh, words of advice that you have for church planners kind of navigating uh, some of the banking relationship stuff? Um, You know, navigating the relationship. um, I would just, I would just say the most important thing is, is to, you know, to arm yourself and that knowledge, knowledge is power. Do as much research. Like most of their stuff is online. Um, talk to people as well about, cause they're not going to tell you about their customer service online. Um, and they're <laughs> not going to say their app sucks, right? <laughs> um, but, but pretty much everything else you can, you can look up for yourself. Um, and then I would, I would go into the, to the branches and, and just see there. You can tell if a bank is going to care about you within the first like five seconds, just like a church, people make their decisions about churches within the first like five minutes of walking you know, parking their car, you can tell within the first couple seconds of walking into a branch, if they're going to care about you or not, are are they going to greet you? Are you going to get offered coffee and, you know, or water at the door? Does it look nice in there? Or is it, are you going to walk in and it's going to look like an assembly line 
where you're about to be processed like chicken, you know? <laughs> that's, that's another one we'll have to throw out on, uh, on Twitter. Well, Josh, thank you so much, uh, not only for um, sharing what you did today, but also your work in the kingdom and being part of a church plant and using both your background in banking and ministry skills to reach more people for Christ. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Remember, if you have a question, you can go to churchplantersask.com. Thanks so much for listening and keep asking those questions.